0: Good morning. So, you know, I agree with what Phil said. Um, I don't know what Gary was going to preach on today either. Um, And he never tells you those things. So uh, this morning he calls me at 645. He says, look, I'm sick. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to uh, preach. And Gary's never really done that before. Um, So it's a little shocking, especially since I was asleep. Uh, (laughs) And so when he... When he does that, I said, all right. So I tell Sierra, she's not even in bed. She's already been up because she gets up way earlier than I do. Um, and she, I said, hey, apparently I might preach today. She says, yeah, yeah. Do you have a message? Not yet. <laughs> but you know, the interesting thing, and, and I'm not like Gary, I don't have 75 messages to pick from. I only have a few. And uh, I couldn't even remember the theme for the month. But it's very interesting that as when I went upstairs to sit in my office, I started by praying and saying, Lord, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say today. I know one of these messages hopefully will work because I'm not good enough to write one in 45 minutes. And uh, so I started praying. I started going through them and I started thinking and I started trying to figure out what to say. And you know, the interesting thing is, is the message really does go back to the basics. It really is going to be about back to the basics and what we should do as as followers of Jesus. And that's the coolest thing. And you know, this song that they just played, it's so interesting. Six weeks ago, we're sitting in somebody's house, or six of us, three couples, and we, they, somebody says, we got to play this game. And what's this game? You play, we are the world. And you're supposed to name who's singing. So we just did that like six weeks ago. Now it was interesting. One of the, one of the couples were a little bit younger and they didn't know who Dion Warwick was, but that's okay. <laughs> and, to, and last night, last night, We were sitting with some friends, there's about 12 of us, twice last night, we are the world came up. So if I don't do anything else today, you get nothing else out of this message. Remember what Doug said last week, the Holy Spirit is here and he's hanging out and he had all this under control. We know one thing for sure this morning, when Gary called, Jesus didn't say, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen, that's cool, (laughs) I guess David's going to preach, I wonder what that's going to be like. (laughs) We know that's not the case. So what a God thing to be here today, Gary's not here, he's homesick, hopefully he is laying naked on the couch, (laughs) covered up hopefully, watching us. But he 's probably asleep knowing him, so let me bring to you a word that has always spoken to me, but you know, with me retiring last year it 's really been on my heart to how do i how do I go to the next step? What do I do this next stage? How do I be a better difference maker? in people's lives? How do I be a better difference maker in my home life? How do I be a better difference maker with my kids and my grandkids? How do I be a better difference maker with my friends? But more importantly, which is what we're all here for, how do I become a better difference maker in the world? So when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your role in our world is supposed to change. It changes in a way that you, now, that you are now called to be a difference maker in the world. We are called to be the difference. We are called to be different as in our Christian walk. We're called to be different in how we treat people. We are called to be different in what we say, how we say it, when we say it. We are called to be different, which one of the most important parts of Action Church and how we serve. Now, Action Church serves. That's what we're here for. I love to tell people about our church. I love to tell people, you know, and, and please forgive me because this might offend some of you. I love to tell like Baptist and Methodist. You know, because they have all these rules and regulations and you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, you can't say that. We well, can't do this. You can't do that. But when you start to tell them that the only thing important at Action Church is, is that we love on other people and we serve our community, all of a sudden, all the religion, all the stuff that they think, all the stuff that they worry about begins to go away. And they say, you know, that's what it's all about. There's no doubt in my mind that if Jesus was here right now, he'd be sitting with us. He wouldn't be over there at the Baptist church. He'd be right here. Because if he can use me, he can use anybody. So we're supposed to be the salt and the light of the earth. In the word Matthew five fourteen through 16, it says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's a word. That's what we are supposed to be. So are we being the salt and light at our homes? Are we being the salt and light with our friends? Does the world see the difference between us and the rest of the world? So I did take a message that I had preached before, but I changed it up. And and the first time I got to preach this, Phil, because Phil does plan, Sang the song "Difference Maker." So, Bear Reinhardt of Need to Breathe wrote that song, and it was one. It's one of my most favorite songs because you need to listen to it. You need to listen to the words, but it's very specific, if you will, about how to be a difference maker. So, they were performing. They were performing this song. And they were, the, the, uh, they were performing this song at a Taylor Swift concert. They were the opening act for Taylor Swift. And they were performing this song all over the world. All over the United States, all over the world. But he writes and he says, but the entire band felt they were not having the godly impact that they were called to have. That they were not the salt and light. He said they all got together and they prayed about it and they tried to figure out what can we do different to be the salt and the light? How, what, what do we need to do to be difference makers in our world, to be the difference in the crowd, to show, the, show his love and, his, and give his love and to live his love? How do we do that? That is what we are all supposed to do. That's what we're all supposed to be. We're all supposed to be difference makers. So what can you do to become a difference maker? What is God's purpose for your life? So we got to hear Doug last week, and we got to hear about how the Holy Spirit had shown him several things in his life. And today, I mean, right now, in this very moment, I think the Holy Spirit is trying to show us something. I'm not here because this wasn't his plan. I believe that being a difference maker comes basically in two facets of your life. God has set us on a path to have a general purpose. And That general purpose is we get up, we work, we love on some people, some of us have been blessed to have families, some of us have not, but we still have a purpose. God used to all kinds of people in the Bible. So we still have a purpose. But he has also called us to have a personal purpose for our life. And as Gary has preached many times, one of our founding principles is love God. So it's that easy. It's not hard. So I believe our general purpose as Christians is to glorify God in everything we do and to have a personal relationship with him. Personal relationship does not mean you get up at 730 on Sunday morning and come hang out for three hours and go home. That's not a personal relationship. That is a habit that you formed because you want to come hang out with some of these people. And I'm not preaching to just y'all, I'm preaching to me too. My wife and I, uh, Sierra and I, I bought us some books, and uh she shared them with somebody just recently, last week, I think. And she said, This is about your marriage. And this is about having a fierce marriage. She said, and I'll leave it. She, she, she gave some to Gary and Christine. She says, Gary's gonna hate this. And she says, But don't think that David's getting up in the mornings and we're reading this together because David hasn't cracked a book yet. (laughs) So I fall short just like everybody else does. In Deuteronomy 6, 5, Deuteronomy, God's word says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Do you think if we did that every day that our life would change? Do you think we could be difference makers in what we do if we love God with all our heart? But what about our personal purpose? What does your personal walk look like? As we know, as we've read the Bible, the difference makers in the Bible were no different than us. They all had an amazing personal purpose in the plan of God. But they were all just like us. Every one of them was a sinner saved by grace. Not a single one of them did anything by themselves. I mean, think about it. Noah was a drunk. Abraham lied about his wife. Jacob was a deceiver. Rahab was a harlot. David was an adulterer. Paul persecuted the church. And Peter denied Christ, not once, but three times. Three times in one day. if God can use these people, and God, I mean, as many of y'all know, it, it, as you've studied your Bible, God really used those people. So he can use every one of us, every single one of us, every day, if we love him like we're supposed to. So as I've entered this next part of my life after retirement, I've been reflecting on what makes a difference maker and what is my purpose here at Action Church? What is my purpose with my family? What is my purpose with my friends? What is my importance with those people I haven't even had the privilege of meeting yet? So you got to study these things, and you know, it's, you know, like we said, this is back to the basics. So we're going to get back to the basics a little bit. How can we become a difference maker? How can we discover our purpose? How can we discover God's plan for our lives? What is there out there that we need to know? What is there out there that we need to see? What is there out there that we need to listen to, you know, it, it, Seriously, as I was upstairs, I prayed, and I said, God, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say today. Give me your words. Just fill me with you and and let the words come out. And so I'm looking through these messages that I've written, and I go through, and I see one. I said, oh, yeah, that might work. Let me see, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, that's not going to work. That's not a good one. I keep going, and it's like the seventh one that I got to when I got to this one. And I was reading through it, and it was like, wow, this is the word. So I really don't know if I'm preaching to me or if I'm preaching to somebody out there. I'm just preaching to one person. I don't know. But I do know that God said, hey, this is the word. This is the one you're supposed to use today. So I want to give you three areas to consider for us to build upon and develop in our lives as we try to become difference makers. The first one is our character character. The second one is our skills. And the third one is our setting. So think about skills. Noah was a drunk. What was his skills? Think God gave him those skills? Rahab was a harlot. So our first component is our character. Are we increasing in our godliness on a daily basis? Are we becoming more Christ-like on a daily basis? Are we becoming less of a sinner every day? That's a hard one. Are we being convicted? So... If you think about what Doug said last week, he's talking about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and and that's where you learn or feel, if you will, as Sierra would say, your spirit man, your spirit man is saying, hey, that's a sin. Why are you still doing that? We talked about that this morning when you said, hey, I didn't want to sin anymore. I didn't want to do that sin anymore. And five seconds in, you're saying something or you're doing something or you're acting a certain way. Are we becoming less of a sinner every day? Are we becoming less selfish? That's hard. Are we becoming less selfish? Are we helping others? So less selfish comes in so many things, so many ways, so many different things that manifest itself in. Less selfish means you hold God's money not in your fist, but openly. What an opportunity our church had last week to bless someone. And I was the collector, so I know that we blessed that person. And it was amazing. I wasn't paying attention. I just held the envelope open. It was amazing though when we got done and I started to count it and I thought, wow. This is Action Church. This is what we do. But that's because we didn't do this. We did this. And you got to do this in every aspect of your life. You can't do this with your money. And then love Jesus with everything else. Last night, one of the other things that we talked about last night, I have a dear friend of mine. He owns Woodstock Furniture Outlet. And he said last night, he was talking to a guy that was significantly more wealthy than he was. And they were talking about in Luke where they talk about the rich man gave up all of his riches to follow Jesus. And he, he, he said to the, the, the rich man the wealthier man said, "How do I do that? What do I do? Do I need to give up all my money? Do I need to to do something different?" And Brian said to him, he said, "Look, from what you've said, you already understand what to do. You're already doing it. But the key to what Brian said was so important. It's not your money you're giving away anyway. Right. It's God's money. God blessed us with that money. So you can't hold your finances so tight that you can't bless somebody. That's only one aspect. You can't, you can't walk past someone that the Holy Spirit, your spirit man has said, Help that person. That's hard. You don't know the person. Don't know if you like the person. Don't know if the person's a good person. You don't know anything. But you know what? The Holy Spirit said, love on that person. Talk to that person. You know, they may have just needed you to say, hey, how are you doing today? May be all they needed. So our character comes out and comes through in all these ways. And it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to feel the calling to help someone that you don't know. It's hard to feel the calling with one of your kids that you know has not been doing what they're supposed to be doing. But they've asked for your help. hard to do that for your friends. I sometimes believe, and I actually sometimes do this, to be honest, um, it's easier to help a stranger. It's a lot easier to help a stranger because there's no emotion attached. Think about if Jesus did that. Think about if Jesus treated you The way you deserved. Think about if he thinks, I know a lot, you know, that's what he thinks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now you need help. Oh, now you're asking for help. You forgot to call the last seven days when you were doing something stupid. But now that you're in trouble, you want me to come down and help you. I mean, think about it. What if we live like that? What if that was our world? Jesus died on the cross for us. We are sinners saved by grace. That's the only thing we got. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We didn't create it. We didn't do any of those things. We got to hang out right here right now because Jesus loves us. And that's all we got. So my dad would tell you that there's only one thing you have to offer in your in the world and that is your word and your integrity. When you go deeper in your walk and begin to live for him daily, no matter what is going on in your life, you will find that God begins to use you more and more if you allow him to. The definition of integrity is what you do when you're in a room by yourself and there ain't nobody hanging out. The definition of integrity is when you're walking around by yourself and nobody knows you and you have this opportunity to sin and you choose not to. So what my dad would tell you is that's your, that's what makes you. Now, as a son, he would say that's what makes you a man. It's not what makes you a man, that's what makes you a person. Amen. When your integrity... And your life begins to live for Christ more abundantly daily, you'll see the blessings that God will bestow on you and the opportunities He he will bestow on you to love on people, to help people, to help your friends, to help your family, to help strangers. You got to be willing, you got to be God focused. So, the second component is our skills. As Gary has preached over and over, some of our greatest skills come from our life experiences. In my opinion, right now, there's some of you out there that think, well, you don't know what I did, you don't know how I acted. You don't know who I talked to. You don't know who I did whatever with. We've all done stupid stuff. We've all been sinners. It's uh, I don't know what time it is. It's uh, ten thirty. Ten. It's almost eleven o'clock. A lot of us have sinned today already, like twenty five times. I mean, really. You don't think God knew that? You don't think God knew that today? Hey, Christine's gonna be stupid three times before she gets out of bed. You know, I mean, she does live with Gary, so probably deserves. (laughs) So I don't know what your sin is. As Gary would say, I don't want to know what your sin is, okay? I have no idea what your path is at this point. But I do know one thing. We serve an all-knowing God. And as my wife would say, you're no stranger to God. God knew what you did. He knew when you did it. And he knew, he knows your heart. So think about this part. He knows your heart. He knew or knows if you're really repentant. That's scary. Because he knows your heart. He knows you sinned today, and he knows you didn't care. So that's scary. So we're all no strangers to God. So as I'm trying to grow in this next stage of my life, I find myself falling short every day of being a difference maker. Sierra would tell you that I've become more ornery. Some of y'all would think that that's not possible, and I get that. But I've also found that I'm being less tolerant. I'm less tolerant of people. So I'm praying that somehow God will help me change that. Because I love people, that's... that I. Most of my joy comes from other people, from how those people are affected by what we do, how we do it, whatever it is, and how what God gives to me to give to them, whatever that is. So i got to work on that. So I often, I often do not heed the Holy Spirit's prompting. I often walk by people that he said, I... <laughs> told you yesterday to talk to that guy. Now today, I'm telling you, you're still going to go get in your car because you're stupid. <laughs> I do sometimes listen, as Gary would say, with only the intention of responding. <laughs> I heard what you said. I've already, I've already established what I'm going to say back. So I quit listening after like the third word. And, uh, and here's what I think. You know, that's really hard. And please forgive me, guys. It's really hard for boys because we're just stupid. Um, God put somebody in your path because he wanted you to hear what they said. He may or may not need you to respond. As one of my older friends, not as old as Doug, but one of my older friends, said, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So so I want everybody to think about this. So we... Everybody has that same challenge. Pretty confident. Does everybody have that same challenge? Does everybody have those same challenges? So do we all know that all of our skills are from God? He gives us natural gifts and abilities. He puts us in places, in families, in schools, in jobs, Bars, churches, restaurants. The question for each one of us is when God presents us an opportunity to share our skills and our experiences, are we going to be bold? Will we offer our life experience to someone because they need it? Will we make a difference in someone's life? That's what we're called to do. We all have something to contribute. We all have something to share. Some of my life experiences can help someone else. Some above us life experiences can help someone else. You don't have to be a great speaker to make an impact or have. The blessings of contributing to someone. Your words can get tongue-tied. That's okay. Sierra is one of the best I know at letting her words get tongue-tied and just stopping and saying, hold on, that's not what I meant. It's starting over. You do not have to be the greatest speaker. You do not have to do any of those things. What you do have to do, according to the word, is use the experiences that God gave you to love on somebody, to help somebody, to do something for somebody. Jesus came for us. There's no more selfless act than that. So we could at least measure up a little bit And not be so selfish. Said this before from this stage. And when talking to my friends and family, most, if not all of the men here, are afraid to share with another man. They're afraid to say, blah, blah, blah. They're afraid to say, I did this, or I did that, because I think it's just the way men are wired. But the one thing I've learned as I become more open to my friends and my mentors is that most of the time when you say something to another guy or to a group of fellas, they've had the same experience. Or someone in the group has. So again, that's a God thing. That's a, oh, that's a spirit man saying, hey, I need to go hang out with Bubba because Bubba has something that I need. Bubba has this experience that I need to understand. And Bubba can share with me and he can live on, he can love on me. He can love on me. Because he's had an experience. So guys, get over yourselves. And I'm preaching to me too. I'm not preaching just to y'all. Get over yourselves and be open because what a blessing. What a blessing it is to have someone speak into your life. We've all lived these experiences for a reason. You never know when God will give you that opportunity to share what you've learned or give you the opportunity to speak wisdom into someone's life. You never know when God will pick you to be a difference maker. You've got to be willing. When that opportunity presents itself, and it will, just like this morning, trust that God has equipped you with the words, with the wisdom, with the thoughts, with the money, with whatever it is. He's already equipped you. It's not a shock to him that so-and-so came up to you and talked to you today. The fact that you aren't perfect is what he is planning to use. Don't you know by now that God loves bad odds and weak vessels? He overcame all those. He's used so many people, and the word is just full of people that he's used They did not deserve it, did not earn it, did not do anything for it. They got down on their knees and said, God, please use me. Please use me to be something to that person. Be be the person who needs to talk to that person. Be the money who has the money to help that person. Be the person that is whatever. So the last component of, of our purpose is our setting. I can assure each one of you without any doubt, I would have never, ever, ever believed I'd be up here for the last, I think it's been about three years since I've been coming up here. Let alone be asked back. Because I've lived some life. I've been around some mountains. I've done some really stupid stuff. I've done things I'm not proud of. I've done things that I shouldn't have done. I've not helped people. I haven't loved on people. I've spent God's money frivolously like I didn't care. And I would have never thought in a million years that I would be up here and that he would use me. So if I can do it, I'm pretty confident everybody here can do it. So last night, I had no idea that I was going to bring the word today. As I told you, Gary called me this morning about 6.30. And he said, I think you're going to have to preach. I said, okay. So as I told you, I got up and went upstairs. So with Gary, it's hard to know for sure because he changes his mind. I, mean, I don't know if he changes his mind, but he gets his mindset on something. And it's, you know, it's hard to get him off of. <laughs> so at eight i'd gotten everything prepared i sent it to Xander and said zander i'm not sure who's preaching today but here's mine if it's not gary and uh and just so y'all know and i know gary brags on Xander, just so y'all know those guys back there they're the bomb diggity Because he was ready and they were ready. They knew before I knew. But at 8.15, Gary calls and said, oh, by the way, I'm not making it. I am sick. Now, Christine, says, Christine still says he's lying, but anyway. So here's a really tough reality. Gary asked me to be here. And truthfully, when he asked, I said yes immediately but it scared the crap out of me to be up here and like like i have some knowledge or ability to tell you about jesus i'm not school taught i didn't go to seminary i don't even know what the greek translation of anything looks like but i know one thing without any doubt Somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody needs to be here and somebody needs to hear this. And I know without a doubt that Jesus brought them to church today. And Jesus put them here. You know, it's interesting, very seldom does Gary not preach for two weeks in a row. It's very interesting the messages that Doug brought and the message that I'm bringing and the song and everything that has happened. Our church begins, it seems to be filling up more. There seems to be new people coming. There seems to be things changing. As Gary said, sooner or later, we're gonna get kicked out of this building. So, what's the next building look like? Is it the tent? We don't know. That's right. God does know. So remember earlier, we talked about the difference makers that God used. Each one of them have a story. Each one of them have a past. Each one of them have experiences. And God used each one of them, just like he can use each one of us. So let me finish with this. And this is like the begots. But y'all listen to this. This is in the word in Hebrew. It's 11, 4 through 12 and 11, 17 through 31. It's long, but listen to what it says. Get off your phones, pay attention. Because this is important. You get nothing else. This is the word right here. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not experience death and he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his removal, he was approved since he had pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that came by faith. By faith, Abraham when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offsprings as numerous as the stars of heaven and as innumerable as the grains of sand by the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises and he was offering he received the promises and he was offering his unique son, the one it had been said about, "Your seed will be traced through Isaac." He considered God to be able to even to raise someone from the dead, and as an illustration, he received him back. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. And Esau, concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons, each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instruction concerning his bones. By faith, after Moses was born. He was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived pleasure of sin. For he considered the reproach because of the Messiah to be greater, be the greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since his attention was on the reward. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses preserved as one who sees him. He is in, who is invisible. By faith he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of, blo- of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were all drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being circled by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, received the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed by faith David Westrick got up here this morning and trusted that the Lord would fill him with his word thank y'all